Words and ideas can change the world. And now, for some poetry of a more traditional sort. Oh, God! Life isn't like novels. Novels and tears. Novels and suicide. Novels are sick. I checked this out weeks ago for a bit of light reading. This is light. Welcome to Reader's Block. Light beam, we on a ultra light beam. This is a god dream. This is a god dream. This is everything. This is everything. Deliver us serenity. Deliver us peace. Deliver us love. We know we need it. You know we need it. You know we need it. Now we need you now. Pray for Paris. Pray for the parents. This is a God dream. This is a God dream. This is a God dream. We on a ultra light beam. We on a ultra light beam. This is a God dream. This is a God dream. This is everything. Everything. I'm trying to keep my faith, but I'm looking for more. Somewhere I can feel safe, and in my holy war. Pressure, not blessings. Why oh why'd you do me wrong? You persecute the weak because it makes you feel so strong. Don't have much strength to fight, so I look to the light to make these wrongs turn right. Head up high, I look to the light. Hey, cause I know that you'll make everything alright. And I know that you'll take good care of your child. Oh, no. I will shield your name. I will feel their questions. I will feel your pain. No one can judge. They don't, they don't know. They don't know. Foot on the devil's neck to the drifted Pangea. I'm moving all my family from Chatham to Zambia. Treat the demons just like Pam. I mean, I fuck with your friends, but damn, Gina. I've been this way since Arthur was Ant Eater. Now they wanna hit me with the woo out the bam. 
Trying to snap photos of family uh. My daughter look just like Sia, you can't see her You can feel the lyrics of spirit coming in braille Tumming of the underground, come and follow the trail I made Sunday candy, I'm never going to hell I met Kanye West, I'm never going to fail He said let's do a good ass job with Chance 3 I hear you gotta sell it to snatch the grand meat Let's make it so free and the bar so hard That it ain't one gosh darn part You can't tweet, this is my part, nobody else speak This is my part, nobody else speak This little light of mine Glory be to God, yeah I'ma make sure that they go where they can't go If they don't wanna ride, I'ma still give them raincoats Know what God said when he made the first rainbow Just throw this at the end and fuck too late for the intro uh, I'm just having fun with it You know that a nigga was lost I laugh in my head cause I bet that my ex looking back like a pillar of salt uh, Cause they flipped the script on your ass like Wesley and Spike You cannot mess with the light Look at the channel from 79 we on a ultra light beam. This is a god dream. This is a god dream. This is everything. Everything. I'm trying to keep my faith, but I'm looking for more. Somewhere I can feel safe. And in my holy world Father, this prayer is for everyone that feels they're not good enough This prayer is for everybody that feels that they're too messed up For everyone that feels they said I'm sorry too many times You can never go too far when you can't come back home again That's why I need Welcome to Reader's Block, the show where we talk crap about books and lose all sense of structure by the end of the hour and then regress into pure bullshit. And that's just the way we like it, really. And if you're here for a professional book club show, you're in the wrong place. Here we get drunk and we talk business. And today's business, to completely defile before your very ears, is the apocalypse. And the apocalypse is now. And don't worry... I'm not going to say the nasty C word this episode. We hear enough on the news and social media all bloody day. But I'm here to talk about the best ways to survive the apocalypse. And I'm going to use some of the best apocalypse type books and our own world history to help you. So, here's the situation. Have you ever noticed in end of the world movies and books, there's always the scene where an older sibling or a parent happen to have had the secret stash of like candy, chocolate or coke that they've hidden in the floorboards from their family just for their own like personal eating habits and then like the apocalypse happens or a natural disaster or some something happens where they have to abandon the house sporadically and they're gone for a whole load of years, five years, thirty years and then something happens where they have to go back to that place and there's always a little kid with them always a little kid and that kid most likely doesn't even remember this original house so they come back and that person who used to live there remembers 
oh my god I had this secret stash that let me open it and they pull out this this can of coke or chocolate bar and they say look son this is what we used to call a chocolate bar or this is a coke can do you know what a coke can is and they give it to the son and it'd be like a magical moment it's like a relic in a museum that's just been unearthed and I'm thinking life is starting to feel a bit like that situation right now I'm tempted to hide some toilet roll in the attic so when we're all busy wiping our asses with leaves or even leftover cereal boxes I can just whack it out and then be like the supreme leader to all my fellow apocalypse survivors and then the toilet roll can be like the conch in Lord of the Flies whoever holds it has the overarching power but let's hope I don't get crushed by a boulder or sacrificed in a satanic ritual to a demonic pig head though but if I do, there's one song that would fit the situation perfectly. That is, It's the End of the World as We Know It by R.E.M. That's great, it starts with an earthquake. Birds and snakes and aeroplane. Lenny Bruce is not afraid. I have a hurricane, listen to yourself, churn world, serve its own needs. Dummy, serve your own needs. Feed it up an ox, speak, grunt, no strength. The ladder starts to clatter with fear, fight down.
a lot of weird things on tv at the moment as you can probably tell from every episode i've done since quarantine but one tv show i started watching last night was called the curse of skinwalker ranch (laughs) on the discovery channel and bear in mind i haven't watched the discovery channel since i was like 10. that's where i used to watch air crash investigation and jellyfish documentaries that totally scarred me for life i'm petrified of jellyfishes now by the way (laughs) So I started watching the show and it's about this millionaire entrepreneur who bought this ranch in the desert from this other mega rich philanthropist so he could hold some investigations, these top secret investigations that weren't really so top secret if they were put in a documentary but it looked into these weird events that have happened on the ranch and they had a fully equipped team of these seven UFO notes nodes nerds southern ufo nerds with guns and one astrophysicist for good measure and they have a fully top secret bunker lair on the ranch it's underground with three computer screens full of cctv and infrared cameras proper movie like bat cave sort of shit to look for what's known as skinwalkers and skinwalkers come from the indigenous Native American people of the land that the ranch was based on, and that was the Navajo tribe. And they had a rival tribe, can't remember the name, I apologise, but this tribe betrayed them badly by helping the white, oppressive American soldiers capture the Navajo people. And so the Navajo people put a curse on this other tribe and the land, and that land happened to be the ranch. Uh, so that it would be infested with skinwalkers, creatures that can change shape. Uh, and most probably they're seen as a large wolf that attacks people or causes weird things to happen to people. So imagine you have this whole room of petrified UFO-obsessed guys and one highly sceptical astrophysicist who honestly has no idea why they even hired him at this point. And they go through how they're going to investigate since they notice high levels of radio waves coming off the canyon on the ranch. And these are like impossible, dangerous levels of radiation that shouldn't be there. And this astrophysicist decides he wants to dig a hole to do some research on the soil. No biggie, right? It's just a hole. Uh, And apparently hole digging has been banned on the property for hundreds of years. And they're not allowed to do it at all. And it turns out one of the guys in the room, in this giant meeting area around this round table, um, he dug a hole once against the orders of his boss, uh, completely ignoring all the warnings he'd been given since he started working there, and he was rushed to hospital T 
two days after digging the hole because his scalp had mysteriously begun separating from his skull and there's no medical explanation whatsoever it's medically impossible and it was excruciating for the guy and he nearly died basically fluid was separating his skin layer from his scalp but there's no reason why it even happened and it's insane and anyway more freaky things keep happening on the ranch whilst they're there like dead cows appearing and weird beams of light caught on the cameras but like i'm addicted to this and my theory is aliens of course but who knows speaking of aliens has anyone seen those videos released by the fbi this week showing declassified footage of ufos in the sky (laughs) the fact that literally nobody cared about it at all it wasn't even trending (laughs) like the us just gave potential official proof that aliens exist and we just we just don't give a shit what world do we live in now and doomsday preppers must have had it right all along i bet stay away from cursed ranches hold on to your scalp when you dig holes and if you see weird lights in the sky you're doomed
Okay, so what I really wanted to talk about this week is cryogenics, which is a type of science which looks into the freezing of people, presumably just dead people, we'd hope, um, and preserving their body or their brain, the life force, by freezing it and then it'll stay frozen until there comes a time in the future where the world has developed this technology that can bring them back to life. And there's a lot of people you wouldn't expect who've actually been cryogenically frozen. And a lot of people suspect Walt Disney. I'm not sure if it's actually true, but there's a legend where Walt Disney is... His severed head, so like just the brain really, is cryogenically frozen underneath Disneyland. (laughs) I don't know if that's true. I doubt it would be. But then imagine in a hundred years... No, I don't know. It could be a hundred years when they have the technology and they bring him back and Walt Disney's just like, what the hell has happened? Like, we have Star Wars now? (laughs) But, yeah, I recently got onto this topic through reading a book for my course. It's called Zero K by Don DeLillo. DeLillo, DeLillo. I'm not sure how you pronounce his name, to be honest. Probably butchered it. But Zero K is basically about this guy called Jeff, who whose stepmother, Artis, uh, who's married to his father, Ross, who's a billionaire, Artis is dying, and they go to this top-secret facility near Kazakhstan in the desert somewhere, and this facility is built to try and preserve life through cryonics and artists she doesn't want to die but she's going to die so she wants to die now in this facility where they can preserve her so she can live forever and this whole story is set in the perspective of the stepson jeff i always get confused between jeff and ross the dad's ross the son is jeff and jeff watches this all happen from an outsider's perspective he's not really interested in it and it's really freaky. His dad, the, the billionaire, even though he's perfectly healthy, middle-aged man, he he decides to go with Artis, his wife. Even though he's healthy, he decides to die then and there, leave his son, so that he can be with Artis in the future afterlife, and he can live forever. He never has to die. Well, he does have to die. He has to die, so he never has to die. It's it's quite meta. Um, but the thing is, they never say when these people are going to emerge from this cryogenic, cryogenic state. <laughs> um, it's kind of more of an, a utopian idea. Like, Will there ever be a point in the future where there's no natural disasters, there's no global warming destroying the Earth, when there's no wars... Or anything bad going on in the world where it's safe to take these people out of it? Like open doors 
the convergence of facility has this sort of marketing technique where they have these really big screens on the walls of the facility and they're like ginormous like the full wall you can't escape it and it shows live feed footage of disasters happening in the world at that second and they're usually natural disasters man-made cause like man-made natural disasters it's our fault that they were happening or war scenes or just horrible horrible things and you can't escape it because they show it 24 7 and the people visiting that facility are so aware of it of the fact that we could die at any second that it kind of convinces them to use this technology this isn't so far off reality not that you can be cryogenically frozen and brought through life well you can if you're if you're a millionaire but i was in the kitchen the other day uh and we have a tv in our kitchen and i was making a sandwich and my dad was in the kitchen and he had the tv on and he was watching this national geographic documentary about afghanistan just before the war and i was just making a ham sandwich and i looked at the screen and there was just a fully real life severed leg like on the screen and i did not expect that on a monday afternoon just to come down to see a severed leg on the tv and that's kind of what the convergence does it shows you these horrible horrible things so it makes you not want to die it makes you so scared of death that you want to escape it at any cost and it's a hefty cost because all these people who know about the convergence and are invited to it are mega rich and they're funding the whole thing so they kind of privatize the afterlife which is really freaky you can't privatise something that we have no idea actually exists. That's scary. And this idea of media showing death, and the relationship between like death and technology is called necromedia. And like our news feeds are usually necromedia because we never really hear about the good stuff. It's always uh, mass shootings. Someone's died, there's been an explosion somewhere. Right now it's how many people have died in the pandemic. And it creates this fear inside everyone of of the world, really. Of death. We don't want to die. And they kind of play on this a bit more in the Convergence as well. They have this idea of mixing technology and religion. They have monks in the facility who are also praying for these people who have gone under cryogenics and then all the people that have been frozen are treated like pilgrims they have all the people in the facility praying for them looking after them protecting them even the hallways to some of the places is based off protestant churches the way they're shaped the way they're designed there's altars and pews and they're just I feel like they're playing on the idea of religion because people in times of disaster they look to religion to get them through or to give them hope and in this book they're using technology to be a religion technology is the new hope it's a new force of nature Could make you sing like a bird released 
So I googled which famous people had been cryogenically frozen and I came across this couple. They're called Fred and Linda Chamberlain um, and they met um, in their mutual interest in cryonics. They were both on a committee to organise the third national conference on cryonics um, and I think they were both engineers, I'm not quite sure on that. I know Jeff not Jeff, I keep saying Jeff, Fred, Fred, Fred worked at this jet propulsion lab, but I'm not, I'm not sure about Linda, but they got married, and then they devoted themselves to cryonics, and they formed a corporation on it, and they wrote manuals, they wrote the first detailed manual for cryonics that ever existed, and then they formed a new cryonics organisation called Alcor, um, and Fred's father, he was a stroke victim, and he eventually died, and they cryopreserved 
Fred's father in the summer of 1976, which was the first neuropreservation ever. But the freaky thing is, well, yeah, they they both got cryopreserved in the end, but before that, Fred and Linda moved to Lake Tahoe in Nevada, in America, and they started this business called Paradise Rentals. And they started this festival there, Lake Tahoe, called Lake Tahoe Life Extension Festival, and that was held until 1986. That's freaky. Like, a festival for the extension of life, and they own a cryo... <laughs> they own a cryonics company. It's very sci-fi.
I have a question for you. Would would you ever get cryo preserved? Because I don't think I would. I don't think I want to live forever. Like, what's the point of life if you don't die eventually at the end of it? It takes the excitement out of living, surely. It would be great to see the future. It would be great if I could have a glimpse into the future, but I wouldn't want to rely on technology knowing that I can be brought back to life at any point and it could be impossible for me to die. It just reminds me of Westworld and how those robots are always brought back to life to like repeat the scene again and again and again. If you haven't seen Westworld, I would really recommend it. It's so good. But yeah, would you get cryo? Cryogenically frozen. It's a, it's a tough decision. But when you think of that, our next song is actually by one of my favourite bands, Bon Iver. They wrote this song um, recently for the pandemic right now that's going on. And it's a little message to the people of the world right now. It's called Please Don't Live in Fear. <laughs>
right, since this is an apocalypse episode, I feel like I have to talk about all the past apocalyptic scares we've had, like, in the past, and the first one I want to discuss is the Mayan calendar predictions. And the Mayan calendar had this um, prediction, or it was more of an interpretation of the Mayan calendar, uh, where it was a new age in pre- <laughs> new age interpretation which held that the date marked the start of a period during which Earth and its inhabitants would undergo a positive physical or spiritual transformation, and that the 21st of December in 2012 would mark the beginning of a new era. But then others also suggested the date marked the end of the world or a similar catastrophe, hence why we had a bunch of apocalypse films in 2012, including 2012. Well, was that actually released in 2012? I have no idea, but 2012 was a very scary year. People thought they were going to die for some reason, based on a really, really old calendar. (laughs) And kudos to those who believe in it, but not me. (laughs) But I don't know, maybe, maybe it did actually happen, because the world has gone to shit since 2012. Maybe they're right. Um, the second um, world-changing apocalyptic incident that everyone thought was going to happen was when CERN turned on the ha- Large Hadron Collider in Geneva. And the Large Hadron Collider is a particle collider, and they decided it was, it's basically a, a giant science experiment spanning across countries because it's just a giant ring under the ground where they launch all these like protons and things towards each other at really really high speeds trying to find the boson higgs particle i think that's what it is i failed physics so i'm not the best source for this um but yeah on september the 10th 2008 scientists successfully flipped the switch for the first time on the large hadron collider at the european organization for nuclear research so people were worried when they flipped the switch, because nothing had ever been done like this before, that it would explode, create a black hole. Anything could happen, because it was unknown territory to most of the world, anyway. Apart from the scientists, they knew what they were doing. Um, but this whole this whole fear of it exploding's not... It's not really based on science, because the only things that sort of explode in the Large Hadron Collider are uh, if a magnet loses its superconductivity then the energy would be rapidly released as heat and it could lead to something like a small explosion but not enough to damage the tunnel maybe enough to damage the magnets but not the tunnel and then people were thinking it was going to cause like a nuclear bomb type explosion and that's just not not possible really i remember when it turned on myself i was i think i was in primary school was i was i i was 8 yeah I was in primary school (laughs) and I remember a guy in my class, he knew that it was being turned on because it was on CBBC News all day, (laughs) because that's what we watched back then, Newsbeat. Uh, Only the OGs will remember Newsbeat. But I remember him talking to everyone in class, talking about how scared he was when this turns on and then our teacher decided to hold a countdown for when they turned the switch on and he genuinely thought he was going to die 
and he started crying and then everyone else started crying because we were kids freaking out and then the cat down happened and then we just carried on with the math lesson <laughs> this kid was just crying he thought he was going to die <laughs> and that was 2008 <laughs> basically sums up that year I don't actually I don't even remember 2008 but that's, that's the key feature was the Cern Hadron Collider I feel like that fueled my decision to go into science that and the money but <laughs> then as I said I failed physics and now I'm a lit student yay <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing with my life apart from this radio show I'm doing this this is what I'm doing with my life right I need to stop rambling here is the next song you say I love you boy I know you lie I trust you all the same I don't know why
you get the pun there? Because cause it's a hadron collider? No? <laughs> I, I am such a dork. Okay. One thing I forgot to talk about was the 2016 clown crisis. What a time to be alive! And all these clowns were just hiding in remote parts of America on bridges with really, really big knives and chainsaws. That that was that was a great start to 2016. 2016 was the peak of the millennium, and then it, it's all it, nothing. Nothing was the same after the summer of 2016. The world's gone to shit. I I said that about 2012. 2016. 2016 was the only good year. And I think everyone stands by that. It's a universal experience. But anyway, before I close the show, there is one more thing I want to talk about, and that is how in teen books they're always apocalypse themed. <laughs> that came out so wrong. Apocalypse themed. I can't even speak. Okay, so you have like Divergent, you have the Maze Runner, Hunger Games. All of these are aimed at teenagers. And why? Why? Why are they aimed at teenagers? And why aren't there more older, like, adult novels that are apocalypse-themed? Why aren't there more of them where the adults are the heroes and they have to save the world? Why is it always teenagers? Like, as we age, do we just become more incapable? I mean, well, yeah, that probably is true, but, you know, it's kind of saying the wrong message. It makes us all comfortable in the way we live. We should, if we're not happy about something, we should be able to change it at any age, surely. So th- this is this is my plea for more, like, 20-year-old apocalypse fiction, because I would love to read that, honestly. If I had Divergent, but she was, like, 25, not 16, that would, that would, that'd be perfect. What? I don't even, what am I saying? Honestly, what am I saying? <laughs> Alright, well, this was the apocalypse episode of Reader's Vlog. I'm Nia, and I will talk to you soon. Hope you have a good week. Actually, to close, I'm gonna, gonna play you a little spicy song. Hope you like it. Bye!
Lazy, waiting you to come save me. I can see that you're.